0: Welcome to the Movement Church in Orange County, California. We believe that today's message will inspire you, challenge you, and raise your faith that God is up to something big in your life. Let's jump into today's message. I want to uh, dive into this series. It's going to be the longest series we've ever done probably anywhere from seven to eight weeks. Um, and, and it's because it's for you inten- in, intentionally. And, um, and here's the reason why. Our lives are driven by our spirit. We're, our lives are driven and organized by the internal, not by the external. What I mean by that is every decision you make, every, every breath you take... I'll be watching. It's a different song. We're moving on. <laughs> your your lives are driven and organized by what's internal. You have a spirit within you. Now you don't have to agree with me, but it doesn't it doesn't change the reality? You have a spirit within you, and and we'll use that word throughout this series interchangeably with the word heart. Not your physical organ, the heart, but you know the heart inside. Like, and I point here because you get it. Like when you feel sick to your stomach, not because of an illness, but because something's going on, you feel it right here, right? When you feel the butterflies of romance, you feel it right here. And, you know, when you're, today when I'm cheering for the cowboys, I'm going to feel it right here. And I'm going to be either happy or sad. We don't even know. Jordan, take that freaking hat off right now. Good Lord. Get ushers, just take him. You can beat him on the way out. It's fine. We're driven by that spirit within us. And here's the thing that's crazy and tricky about your spirit. Your spirit is formed. It's shaped. So you're born with that spirit in- internally, but your spirit is formed and shaped by your choices and your experiences. Right. Non-negotiable. Yeah. So your, your childhood of origin, your family of origin, it, sh- it helps shape your spirit. The choices that you've made over the course of your lifetime, whether you're 12, 25 sixty five eighty five your choices and your experience have shaped and formed your spirit and you you get that like for instance, when you experience stress or crisis, how you respond to that is probably based upon repetitive behavior perhaps some of you or some of us in this room when we're facing stress or crisis we like to numb out that pain we don't maybe you resort to a chemical substance or to a an alcohol substance or two, maybe it's retail therapy for you. I mean, I don't know what it is, but we choose, We typically choose to numb that out because we're looking for relief and reprieve. And, and maybe some of you it's escaping, like just run away from it. But regardless of how you or I respond to stress, those responses are forming our spirit. And the longer we do that, it has a much more profound impact on who we are As a person. And the reason that we're doing that is because we're hungry for resolve. We're thirsty for relief. We're hungry for meaning. We're we're thirsty for fulfillment. And as believers, once we've said yes to Jesus, it's called regeneration. Once we've said yes to Jesus, if you're here and you're not sure what you believe, permission to belong before you believe. And you can stay here as long as you want, man. our church, this is a home for you. If you're here and you've said yes to Jesus, today I'm specifically talking to you. And so the moment that you've said yes to Jesus, you're given a new life in Christ. So, so the scripture says, I'm doing a new thing within you. That you are a new creation. That's why when we talk about salvation, we talk about a new chapter, a new beginning. The challenge is you've got the same spirit inside. Are you with me? You know, one person would say, you know, we, God delivered the slaves from Egypt, but then the rest of their life was about getting Egypt out of the slave, wow. right? So that means that, listen, the spirit within you now that is new in Christ, it actually needs transformation. You don't just say yes to Jesus and then you stay in that space. That's not God's heart for our flourishing, so it means that... You and I have to do a renovation of the spirit, a renovation of the heart, of the will. It's being transformed into the likeness of Christ. It's walking, listen, in righteousness, which means to be in right standing with God. So when Proverbs 28.1 says, the wicked flee when no one pursues. And can I just say, listen, the, we are not going to be weak, manby-pamby Christians at the movement church, just so you know. And this year, we're going to be, we're going to stand for our faith. Can I get an amen? I don't know, it's an election year. Did y'all know that? Do you remember the last one? It happened in a beautiful year called 2020. Wasn't it a magical time? So to walk in righteousness means I'm going to have boldness. I'm going to be in right standing with God. Jesus said it like this, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness for they will be satisfied so I'm hungry for something I'm thirsty for fulfillment and I am forming my spirit with something and Jesus is saying why don't you choose to hunger and thirst after righteousness because that's what it means to truly be filled that's why the title of this series is thirsty turn to your neighbor and say get thirsty turn to your other neighbor and say no you already are thirsty settle down a little bit Let's pray and we'll dive in. God, we thank you for what you're doing in this place. I pray that you move in our hearts and lives and minds and, God, for those that are watching online, for those in the family room, I pray you just lean into us and help us to hear and understand the things you want to say and let it make sense that it be the beginning of a journey and a journey that doesn't end on this side of eternity, but a journey that we're walking in for a lifetime. And God, we just thank you that you don't love the Packers. In Jesus' name I pray and everybody said. <clears throat> Have you ever just like been in a place where you're wondering why it's challenging to, to get unstuck in life? Or like, especially come to the new year and you make new resolutions, or you're like, this is the year I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to kick this bad habit. I'm going to change this attitude. I'm going to change this thing about my personality that is just so rough around the edges, or I'm going to stop responding to stress or crisis. And then it just seems like a couple weeks pass, six weeks pass. And you find yourself in the same rut again. You ever been in that place where you're like, what do I need to do? Where, how do I kick this into the next gear? And I just want to challenge you that if you're here and you're a follower of Jesus, that you might be in a place of being stuck because you're, you're not actually walking through the process of heart transformation currently on a daily basis. This is God's heart and plan for human flourishing. And so I want to take today and lay the foundation. Everyone say the foundation. I want to lay the foundation so that you can know where we're going. So make sure you don't miss any upcoming weeks. If you have to miss, tune in online or watch back uh, during the week following. But I want to talk about the six dimensions that are make up every human that are driven by our spirit, the six human dimensions that are driven by our spirit. And, and, and let me just explain what that means. So you understand the concept of 3D, three-dimensional. I'm not 2D. I'm 3 D. I'm three D. I've got a height, I've got a width, I've got a depth. My width is a little too much right now, but don't worry about that. Height, a width, and a depth, right? So, so I'm three-dimensional, but there's more to me than just my height, my width, and, and my depth. There's an intrinsic component of who I am, and you get that. If you've ever been in a relationship with a woman, you, you get that, because you're like, I don't know what is happening. I don't know how to Nobody like doesn't this, uh, Jimmy? Don't shake your head too much, bro. She's sitting right next to you. She will stab you. And, and you're like, I don't know why you're mad. I feel like I should know why you're mad, but I don't know. And your silence is very lethal right now. You may know what I'm talking about. <laughs> why is that? Is it's because there's not the simple equation to humanity, and then you you multiply that by the complexities of each personal in individual personality and your life choices and your life experiences. So we are multidimensional as a human, and I want to talk about the six dimensions that make up every single human, and they are inseparable from every human life. And together, these dimensions, they make up our nature, our human nature, your personal human nature, and those six things are thoughts, feelings, spirit, body. Listen social context, and your soul. Now, if you're not following along in the notes, you're going to want to follow along. I've got all this written down for you. I'm going to try to break it down as simply as I can. Thoughts, feelings, spirit, body, your social context, and your soul. Really, you could take thoughts and feeling and call that your mind. Now, not not the organ of your brain, but the function of your mind. It's one and the same. And I want to unpack these for us because you, you think, you feel, you choose, which influences your body, which interacts in the social context, and it makes up who you are. And we integrate all of these parts of our life to make one life, and if your spirit is being formed by your choices and experiences, then we actually need to understand this so we can begin the process of spiritual transformation. Are y'all tracking so far? to be a little heady, a little more intellectually driven, which is challenging for me if we get better communicators <laughs> up here, possibly. But let's talk about these six dimensions. Number one is thoughts, everyone say thoughts. thoughts. Now again, you can put thoughts and and feelings together, but this is your mind, and, and you get this, right? This is where thoughts pop up before your mind, yep. from pre- perception to imagination. And, and there's a, a, a broad scale of of thoughts for us. We are able to consider abstract ideas, like things that aren't just scientifically proven or just mathematically proven, but abstract. We're able to dream. With our thoughts, we're able to move beyond the boundaries of our environment. We, we can look and reach into the past. We can contemplate the present, and we can look into the future, and we do this through reasoning, scientific thinking, imagination, and art, and, and divine revelation. Listen, divine revelation comes through thought, and that what does that mean? That's how God speaks to us. Well, consequently, consequently, it's also the way that the enemy speaks to us. And therefore, it's challenging, which is why, listen, our thoughts have desires, and they're fueled by our feelings, our spirit, our body, our social context which means our thoughts need spiritual transformation. Let's talk about the dimension of our feelings. Now, remember, feelings and thoughts go hand in hand. They they make up the mind. And feelings, listen, they move us towards or away from the thoughts that are in our mind. Non-negotiable. They move us towards or away from the thoughts in our mind. It's like the soundtrack that accompanies every thought that you have non-negotiable. Every thought that you have has a soundtrack attached to it of either pleasantry or painful. Every thought that you have has a a soundtrack of either attractiveness, I'm attracted to it, or I'm repulsed by it. Let me give you an illustration. We have some images for you to see on the screens. Look at this. It's beauty. I mean, how many of you just like, your, your place of peace is the ocean. Raise your hand. You're my people. You just go there. You hear the water crash. You smell The salty air, you hope that you're not at a main tourist beach where someone's got a pop-up tent from Ohio. Can I get an amen? It elicits you think, maybe you even think, oh, I know where that is, or I know my beach that I like to go to, and it elicits a feeling that's attached. Let's go to this next picture. Don't say anything. I I I can look at your faces and know who you voted for right now. Some of you are like, yeah, 2024. Some of you are like, oh my gosh. By the way, he's not our Messiah. We have one Messiah. His name is Jesus. No president, whether Democrat, Republican, those that will never make office in the Independent Party, it doesn't matter. They are not our Messiah. This elicits thoughts and it elicits feelings. Look at this next picture. Look at that right there immediately. Some of you didn't awe because you're like, I don't even care. Like, thank God, there, there are no more babies in my life. Look at this next picture. I know who you voted for. I will just say that right now. This elicits a feeling. Some of you, it elicits rage. Settle down, Josh and freaking Justin. Are you with me? Some of you ladies like, he's pretty handsome. <laughs> he's a good looking guy. There's no doubt about it. You have a thought and a feeling attached. Look at this next image. Let's go. Shekinah <sighs> of glory. <laughs> I mean bacon. Let's just talk about bacon. You just stop at the, there's enough bacon for eight days. Look at this next picture. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thoughts and feelings. Look at this next picture. Okay. Anybody want to go right now? Want to go to Chick-fil-A? Closed on Sunday? Are you tracking? Okay, that's enough. You can pull this down. Every thought you have has a feeling attached to it. Every thought you have, it's either pushing, the feeling is either pushing you towards or it's pulling you away from the thoughts that you have. Feeling and thought always go together. They are interdependent. You will never experience. A feeling without a thought in your mind, and you'll never have a thought in your mind without a positive or negative feeling towards it. Even if you feel indifferent, it just means the high level of motivation or energy is maybe a little bit smaller, and it's probably gearing towards negative. Now, I've looked it up, and researchers think, and this is a vast difference here, but they think that every human has between 6,500 and 70,000 thoughts a day. Let's just call it in the middle, like 30,000 thoughts a day. And research has showed between 70 and 80% of our thoughts gear towards negative, which means that our feelings have desires. And they are fueled by thought, by our spirit, by our body, listen, by our social context and by our soul, which means that our feelings need spiritual transformation. Are you with me? Turn your neighbor and say, get thirsty. Third dimension is your spirit. Now remember, this is interchangeable with the heart, not your physical heart, but that thing, it's it's interchangeable with the word your will. All of us have a spirit, and and in the spirit, it is the, the executive center of the human life. It's the CEO of your life, and it is the place from which choices and decisions are made for the whole person. So your spirit is like the command center for your life, listen to me, and it is a place where you make choices and decision for every dimension of your being, which means this, that choice is your capacity to originate things or events which otherwise would not occur. Choice is your capacity to originate things or events which otherwise would not occur. For instance, any of you guys, maybe some of you ladies, when you were a kid, you just loved to burn things. Anybody? Okay, you're my people. I don't know why that is. My parents didn't wake up and say, okay, now's the time to go burn some stuff. <laughs> in fact, it was usually with me and my friend, and we're like a can of hairspray, like, come on, somebody. We'll stop there for the young ones in the house. But if I got this desire to grab some of the things from backstage and start a fire on the stage today, that would occur because it originated in my mind and, and in my heart, I made a decision to start a fire. We didn't start the fire, but the <laughs> world's been burning since the world's been turning. It's us moving on. Are you with me? This is important. I want you to get this. Because listen, you have a spirit. It is the epicenter, the command center for your life. It's where decision and choice originate, which means you have freedom and creativity, which is beautiful. But you also have the power to do what is good or to do what is evil. And there is no in between. It either lends towards good or it lends towards evil. And you have the power to choose. The power belongs to you and to you alone, which means no one can make you choose. Here's the scary part. The scary part is this, that choice is where sin dwells. So we're not talking about just the power to do good versus evil, whether or not I'm going to cut someone off on the highway, because technically that probably isn't a sin. It would fall into the category maybe of evil, but... It's not that evil, but that's vastly different from the choice that I make to Google a site that I should not be on. It's choice where sin dwells. And your life does not run by the spirit or the will alone, but listen to me, it is organized from it. It's the command center. Life can only be organized from the inside out. That's the reason why most New Year's resolutions fail, because I start by changing behavior rather than changing the motivating factor that leads to the behavior. Are you with me? So as Christians, we go through the order. Sometimes we, we mistake, well, if I get on a team, if I get in a group, if I'm at church, then I'm actually following Jesus more. And that is good, but you can do all those things and not be a Christian. You can pray and not be a Christian. You can be a Christian going to heaven and not be a disciple. Are you with me? And the Spirit is the epicenter of this. And the Spirit, listen, has desires fueled by our thoughts, by our feelings, by our body, by our soul, by our social context, which means... Our spirit needs transformation. Are you with me? You're wondering why you feel stuck in your faith or stuck in the journey. It's because you might be doing some things right. You might be doing some things good, but perhaps you're not allowing God to do a transformational work from the inside out. And there are things that your spirit will want to do, but just like you probably work for a business where you have a boss... You probably don't always do things the way your boss wants you to do them. All my employees do, but you probably don't. <laughs> the CEO might run your corporation, and you've never met him you've never or her, you've never seen him or her. And they have a way to do things, but there's a good chance you probably don't do it all the same way. The same thing happens in our body. Jesus said it like this. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. The fourth dimension is the body. and the body is the manifestation of all of these six dimensions in both the physical and the social context. The body is where I'm stimulated by the world. My body gets hungry. You saw that cheeseburger. You got hungry, right? My body has desires for pleasure, physical pleasure. So does yours. So our bodies have desire, And it's where it interacts and it's stimulated with the world. But listen, my body is also where I am found and I find you. So our body is where we interact together. If I'm not here in person, I'm here in spirit, I'm not here and that's creepy. Can I get an amen? So it's the place where we interact and all these dimensions are manifested, if you will. And your choices are outsourced to your body. Both in the social context and when you're alone, whether it's good choices or bad choices, and your body can operate both consciously and subconsciously, and you know this. If you have a driver's license and you drove here, if you've ever driven home from work, you ever pulled into the driveway or the garage, you're like, I don't know if I ran over a person, went through three stops, anybody else know what I'm talking about? You just drive the same way home all the time, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I don't know, how did I even get here, right? You don't always think about turn signals. Well, let's be honest, we're in California, we don't use turn signals. We don't even think about, you know, shifting the gears because the gear shifts naturally. The, we go with the pace and the flow of traffic, but that's a subconscious response. However, watching and paying attention to other drivers on the road, that is a conscious response. Are you tracking with me? You didn't think about which leg to put into your pants first today, it came subconsciously to you. So the body operates both consciously and subconsciously, which means the body has desires that are fueled by thought, feeling, our spirit, our social context, are you with me, Uh which means that our body needs a spiritual transformation. Is this making sense? Thank you. The fifth dimension is the social context. The human self requires rootedness in others. God, of course, is that primary other that he created us, that he would be the primary other, but he didn't leave it there. In fact, Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? And he said this in Matthew 22, he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Isn't it interesting, Jesus is referencing different dimensions here, not just with your actions, but with your heart, your spirit. With your soul, he said, this is your number one priority. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But he didn't stop there, did he? He said, the second is like it. So he didn't say it's equal to, but he said, it's just pretty much important as. You should love your neighbor as. So so our, our social context, it is a massive component of how we're created to live, how we function. It impacts who we are. It forms our spirit. And there's a first principle. God must be first, then people and how we interact with them matters. In fact, John said this in 1 John. He said, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Look at this. But anyone who does not love does not know God. So it's not acceptable for us to be followers of Jesus, but not care about our neighbor. And by the way, Jesus was asked later, who's your neighbor? And he basically said, all other humans. So there's no like get out of jail free card here. Are y'all with me? Yeah. So it actually matters. And, and our, our interaction with our social context, listen, it is inseparable from our thoughts and our feelings and our will and our emotion. And often it is a major driving force In the choices that we make. Are you with me? Which means our social context actually matters. That's why we do connect groups. Look at me in the eyes. You need some believers around you who champion you, champion your future, and will slap you around and tell you to stop being a knucklehead. (laughs) If you don't have that, you don't have real friends. You have fake friends. You need somebody who will say, you are behaving like a knucklehead. Are y'all with me this morning? Your social context matters. It has desires. It's forming your spirit. Last dimension is your soul. I'm doing so good on time, this is fantastic. The last dimension is your soul. The soul, now listen, this is important. The soul interrelates and it encompasses all other dimensions, okay? And it's kind of like the cog in the dimension of of the human. It interrelates to everything, connects everything together, and it encompasses all. It's really kind of like a personal operating software. Give me a phone real quickly. So you you have a phone, and this phone has an operating software. You you know that because it has to update. If you have an Android, we don't know what you have, but that's not important. (laughs) There's an operating software that it tells this phone, oh, this phone belongs to Gurley Gordy, and the facial recognition doesn't work. The software tells the phone that, do not unlock. If Gurley unlocks this, then the phone, when she taps an app, the software behind the scenes that you don't see, it doesn't make any noise, it tells the phone, she just tapped the email app, open up email. Oh, she just tapped create a new email, open up new email. Oh, she's typing. Put the address, the email address of the individual in here. She's typing. So there's an operating software that's telling the apps in your phone to do what it needs to do. Let me just Venmo me some cash here. I'm kidding. Catch. She's an athlete. She's got this. You don't know the operating software is functioning. Listen, until there's a malfunction. Until all of a sudden your battery's not charging like it's supposed to. Or you open an app and then it closes out real quick. You don't know that the operating software is malfunctioning or or that it's not working until you realize you need an update. And that's your soul. It's your operating software. And your soul is formed by your spirit. Your spirit is the, is the command center, so if you were to picture that Your human six dimensions is the Millennium Falcon. (laughs) Your spirit is Han Solo in the cockpit, right? And your spirit is driving your soul, which is the embodiment of the Millennium Falcon, telling the engine thrusters, let's jump into warp speed and Chewie going, whatever it is. So (laughs) that was the worst illustration. I'm going to come back to my notes now. Forgive me. And you're, listen to me. Your soul is moving towards health or lack thereof. Nowhere in human history do we do nothing and progressively get better. Ever. Try not eating healthy and not working out and see if you get the body that you want. Your soul... Which is telling your body how to feel and how to receive the interaction is being driven by your spirit and your soul has desires. That you know, we we had this major trend sweep through the United States the last couple years called soul health. Let's get because we started to realize that 2020, we're isolated, we're separated. We are. I'm not. Something's not healthy, but it's not a tumor. It's not not something I can pinpoint, but I know that when I wake up, I might have feelings of depression, but I don't know what they're fueled from. I just feel off. And we realize that it's our soul's health that is impacting every dimension of who I am. And just like with your phone... If you don't do a software update, it's going to keep running in the background towards a lack of health. So for instance, perhaps you're in a relationship. Let's say you're 16 years old and the love of your life, whatever his name is, breaks up with you. You found out he was cheating on you with some other sophomore in high school. And you thought things which were attached to feelings. And you, you felt betrayed. And you felt abandoned. And you felt embarrassed because people knew and, and attached to every feeling as a thought, and vice versa. And so you thought maybe I'm not worth being around. Maybe I'm not girlfriend material. Maybe there's something wrong with me. And then you remembered he cheated on me. Maybe no, he is the problem. Maybe every guy is the issue. Every guy cheats. Every guy lies. And in the background, the operating software is loading. It's loading experiences. It's loading choices. It's loading thoughts and feelings. And if unaddressed over the course of time, all of those things now begin to impact my interaction with my social context. And every relationship I get in, I seem to attract some jackwagon knucklehead. And it's the same thing over and over again. And then it overemphasizes and it supports the thoughts and the feelings. And it's changing things. It's changing how I'm interacting. And then I find myself years down the road and I can't trust a single man. Are you with me? Insert your own hypothetical scenario here. And all of that is forming your spirit, which is driving your soul. Which means your soul needs a spiritual transformation, I wouldn't say transformation, remember you were born with these six dimensions, but you find Jesus and he creates in you a new creation But you need transformation. And it is a process, listen, it is not a prayer you pray, it is a lifetime of walking in righteousness. The problem is the common human order of these six dimensions is in an unhealthy way. We usually primarily allow our body to drive things, the desire for pleasure, the desire for hunger and thirst, the things that we want, which has a profound impact on our soul. If you chase after what you want, you'll get it and you'll find out that it's not really what you want. The problem is, the scary thing is, this has a lag time before you realize there's a lack of health. Like a locomotive who has been coming across country at 70, 80 miles an hour with hundreds of thousands of tons of weight on the train, they cut the engine off miles before they get to the city because they need to slow down the inertia of the train before they even apply the brakes, and you don't even realize the engine is cut off, but there's nothing fueling that train. Well, that's the same thing that happens with our soul. If we let our body influence our soul We won't realize for months, weeks, years down the road, and then all of a sudden, we just kind of identify the fact that now every feeling that we have seems to lean towards the negative. It seems to lean towards the cynicism. It seems to lean towards frustrations and doubts, which impacts our thoughts about who we are as an individual, about who God is and who people are and how they see us, which now it is shaping and forming our spirit, and our spirit is driving our life. And we get it backwards because we allow these things to be the priority. And then we kind of just insert God where he matters. And usually it's to take care of topical or behavioral issues. And usually, listen, I've been a pastoring for 25 years. I know the game. Usually it's when the crap hits the fan in your life. You're like, oh, crap, I got to get to church. Or your, your spouse says, we're going to church. Or your parents say, we're going to, yeah, it's okay. I said, crap, it's all right, we're good. It elicited a feeling for some of you, I could feel it. And we invert the process. And many of you live this way. And then you'll read a book and you'll be like, okay. Are you with me? These are like the heaviest blocks that Joe's ever built. Isn't that appropriate? A little bump of this table will knock this whole thing over. A little like we can't get pregnant, we've been trying, and it rocks the whole thing. Vows are broken. Money's not there. Rejected again. And God's heart for us is that our foundation is in him. And He fuels our spirit, which impacts our thoughts and our feelings. Scripture says take captive every thought. The thought of sin is not the sin. Listen, the temptation of sin is not the sin. It's the moment I allow the thought and the temptation to fuel me towards a decision even if the decision is right here. Jesus said, you've heard it said, do not commit adultery, but I would say if you lust after a woman who is not your wife, you've already committed adultery. So the Bible says, oh, we take captive every thought. God I just, my body wants something that it doesn't need. I've got desires, but God I know, what the word says about who I am. So I'm gonna take captive that thought and I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take captive that feeling and I'm gonna choose to be the person that God's created to me to be and my soul gets healthier. Which changes the actions of my body and impacts my social context. Are you with me? This is called spiritual transformation. And you need it in your life. I'm not talking to your neighbor. I'm talking to you. And I need it in my life. And I don't arrive at the place of being a spiritual giant. I'll have seasons where I'm stronger and more mature. And then I'll have seasons where I'm weak. It is a lifetime journey. Paul calls it sanctification. Another way to say it is to walk in righteous. And the righteous are as bold as lions. So I don't know where you're at. I don't know your journey. But this series, we're going to unpack each one of these facets and how to allow God to transform them into his likeness. Don't miss a Sunday. It's paramount to your flourishing. Shake your neighbor say it's paramount to you. But first things first, my spirit has to first come alive to who God is. This starts after the decision of coming alive to who he is and some of you in this room haven't made that decision yet. I'm going to give you a chance right now in the final moments of our service. You don't have to be a member of our church. You don't have to get your whole life in order. Your life might be upside down right now, but you got to start with God. Listen, there's a starting point. It's a conscious decision to believe that Jesus was the son of God. He lived a sinless life on this earth and he paid the consequences of my sin and yours so that we can live a life of flourishing. And some of you need to begin that journey today. Listen to me. I do this every week and you need to listen. Some of you have been running from God and today's your day to come running back. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Nobody moving, nobody looking around. And you've never begun the journey, today's your day. And if you're here and it's time to begin the journey for the first time in a long time, make this simple prayer, I pray, your own. Just say, dear God. I know you love me. I know you've given me purpose. I'm not perfect. I know I've got to align some things in my life. Would you forgive me? And now just make this statement your own, just say, Jesus, I give you my life. In Jesus' name. head still bowed, eyes still closed, nobody moving, nobody looking. If you're here and you just prayed that prayer with me for the first time or the first time in a long time, maybe you're tuning in online or in the family room, would you do me a favor? In just a moment, I'm going to count to three. And just right where you're seated, when I get to three, would you put your hand up and put it right back down? You're saying, Pastor Kerry, I am starting, my life is coming alive to who God is today. If that's you, on the count of three, put your hand up and put it right back down. Ready? One, two, three. Three, put your hands up. Wow, wow, thank you, thank you, thank you. Anyone else? Wow, wow, wow. You can put your hands down. Anyone else? Thank you, thank you. Anyone else? I'm starting brand new today. That's you, put your hand up. Awesome, 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 awesome. God, we just thank you for what you're doing in this place. God, we thank you that you have given us the power and the strength through trust and obedience and your grace to walk out spiritual transformation. God, we thank you that you're beginning that journey with us today. God, we're committed to it to walk bold as lions, walking in righteousness, pursuing your purpose and your plan for our life. We give you honor and glory. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on, Movement Church. Let's give a hand clap for the men and women who prayed that prayer. What a message. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, connect with us by texting Jesus to 949-267-3242. And if you're local to Orange County, be sure to check us out on Sundays. You can get all the information at theocmovement.com.